All right, there's no time to fuck around. Let's get to the podcast, because I am fucking exhausted. You're in the doghouse. What's up, everybody? It is your boy, D-Roy, and you're in the doghouse, and we're talking about the NFC South today. By the way, if you like the podcast, please like, rate, review on all formats, mostly if you're on Apple and Spotify. I'll get a list out of all the other podcast channels that we are on. But, uh, oh, yeah, then we got the pesky Venmo. Let's just get this out of the way. Uh, if anybody cares to donate to the show, at Dennis-Roy-14. Again, why is it 14 and it's not 13? Stupid fucking Venmo. But we are talking the NFC South. Um, we are going to get into this right away. Uh, let's see here. Yeah. Atlanta. Let's get into Atlanta. Atlanta Falcons offense, everybody's really digging it, uh, especially the passing game because the defense is going to be just as bad as it has been for the last couple of seasons. Uh, We have Matt Ryan at quarterback with Matt Schaub backing him up. Matt Ryan, of course, is going to be everyone's kind of little darling, kind of right in the middle, uh, you know, the upper middle class of the uh, quarterbacks in general. Uh, running back Todd Gurley coming over as a free agent from the L.A. Rams. How do we feel about Todd Gurley? I'm very, very lukewarm about it, but he should get the majority of the touches, uh, just like Devonta Freeman did last year. Uh, but the problem is, you know, he's had that knee concern. He's had that knee concern for the last year, you know, year, year and a half. So... <sighs> It's another thing. It's kind of like the whole David Johnson thing that we talked about on Tuesday. Do you believe he's not that he's going to come back from this, or is he going to still struggle? Me, myself, and I, um, I think he's going to struggle again. I still don't like the offensive line that they have, so I'm not really high on him. Behind Gurley, you're going to have Brian Hill, Quadri Allison, Ito Smith, uh, see Craig Reynolds, and you know undrafted free agent Mikey Daniel. None of those thrill me. I mean, there was a week in DFS where everybody was like, "You have to start Brian Hill," and I was, you know, we had talked about it. You didn't have to start Brian Hill, even though he was cheap. And he failed, but everybody had to get on it because he was dirt. He was dirt fucking cheap for the week. It's just, it's the herd mentality. Stuff that you just kind of got to get away. 
now we got to take a look and see if we like, you know, all these players just as the whole industry likes it. You know me. Fuck the industry. We make our decisions on our own. You know? Oh, Roy, you're being too harsh about it. Fuck them. Nobody's fucking supporting me on this. Everybody can go fuck themselves. We'll do it ourselves. We'll do it our way. It's a fucking people's fantasy fucking football podcast. Fuck them. I don't care. I'm ready to start fucking going at some people because they're all fucking dumb. Fucking stupid. But anyway, which way? I digress. We get into the wide receivers. You're going to have Julio Jones. Um, I have Calvin Ridley in the slot. I've been struggling with this. If I was going to move Calvin Ridley out to the outside, probably belongs there with Russell Gage actually being in the slot. It just kind of makes sense. But I do think that they're going to move Ridley into the slot from time to time and move Russell Gage outside or use Laquan Treadwell instead of Russell Gage when they move Ridley inside. Um, Nobody else really, as far as the wide receivers that I'm really interested in outside of Jones, Gage, and Ridley, uh, you're going to have Olamide, Zakisis, you know, Laquan, Laquan Treadwell, Christian Blake. Those are probably the top options in there, but not really too interested in. Now, we're going to have to make a decision. Julio Jones has kind of been nice because he's been dropping in drafts. He's been going in the second round, especially in the expert league drafts that have been going on in SiriusXM, um, which is... Fantastic! I'll take a I'll take a shot on Julio Jones in the second round. Kelvin Ridley's been getting bumped up though. He's one of those risers. We'll take a look at his ADP when we get there here in a little bit. But I'm starting to come off of Kelvin Ridley just because of the cost on it. It's kind of the whole thing. Um, if we skip ahead to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it's kind of the whole thing with Mike Evans and. Uh, and Chris Godwin, you know, can the offense support two stud guys? The industry seems to think that Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley can both be sustained, as well as getting the tight end here, the addition of Hayden Hurst from Baltimore. Everybody's saying that he's going to take Austin Hooper's targets. Okay. Makes sense. The offense, you know, tends tends to have the quarterback throw the tight end quite a bit. Target the tight end, I should say. It makes sense on paper. So, is the offense going to be able to sustain Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and Hayden Hurst for the most part with Todd Gurley? In the backfield. I think it can. But like I said, mostly because the defense is going to be horrendous again. And they should be playing from behind. So that's going to mean plenty of targets to go around. Now we look at the offensive line. You're going to have Jake Matthews, James Carpenter, Alex Mack, Chris Lindstrom, and Caleb McGarry across the board from left to right. It's basically the same offensive line that they had last year. Um that's why I'm. Not, that's pretty much the main reason why I'm not too high on Todd Gurley. He's got the knee issue, 
and he's got another bad offensive line, it's not a good combination. Now, if you were able to get him as your, say, RB3, all right. But he's getting drafted as an RB2, and he is slightly ticking up a little bit in these expert drafts, which means that when we get into our ADPs with the NFFC, maybe not this Sunday, but the following Sunday, you're probably going to see Gurley's ADP rise. Taking a quick look at the Atlanta Falcons defense across the front, you're going to have Alan Bailey, Tyler Davison, Grady Jarrett, and Takarist McKinley. It's actually not too bad of a defensive line. So it's going to be a little bit difficult to run on them again. We noticed this last year. But when we get farther back, you're going to see that it's going to be easier to pass. Pardon me. Linebacking court is going to consist of Charles Harris, Deion Jones, and Dante Fowler. It's okay. Not great. It'll do. It's going to be a nice run stuffer. Passing, still gonna at this point, you're still gonna be able to do it. Now, they did draft AJ Terrell, quarterback from Clemson, in the first round. He'll start opposite of Isaiah Oliver, and in the slot, you'll have Kendall Sheffield. Rookies, we like to target, especially this season. I think we're gonna be able to target a little bit more. We'll keep an eye on it. There's been no off-season so far. No OTAs. We haven't even gotten to training camp. We don't even know if training camp's going to start on time. We're hoping training camp's going to start on time. I think it should start on time. But that's been a hindrance for most of the rookies. So we do have to evaluate it with that, with that condition, the whole COVID thing. A lot of people know my feelings about it. But... We have to deal with it in every aspect, no matter what our feelings are. Safeties, you're going to have Keanu Neal and Ricardo Allen. Uh, They haven't, (laughs) they've had bad safety play for about the last four years, so I'm not really too ecstatic about it. We look at the Atlanta Falcons' strength of schedule, do it by record first. Has the fifth hardest schedule in the league. Yikes. Do it by quarters. Two, 31, 4, and 19. So quarter two is definitely going to be a spot to attack, apparently. Uh, quarter four, maybe a little bit as well. Uh, based on total defense, their rank is going to be 11. And then by quarter, it's 10, 29, 14, and 3. Woo. Woo. Fourth quarter changed. But our first and our third moved up. Quarter two still the same. All right. Well, let's take a look at it by rush. 18th hardest schedule in the league, according to DVOA through the season. By quarter, 21, 30, 4, and 10. So is it quite possible that we see a good start for Todd Gurley, but he fades late? Hmm. Interesting. Versus the pass, they have the second hardest schedule according to last season's DVOA at the end of the season. By quarter, 8, 9, 21, and 6. So third quarter is the best quarter. All the rest are 10th uh, you know, 
the tenth hardest or or worse. Versus wide receiver one, this is Julio Jones. Full season is fifth hardest record or fifth hardest schedule. Seven, three, twenty-two, and eleven. Calvin Ridley now. Ninth hardest schedule. 11, 24, 14, and 11. Russell Gage at the wide receiver plus. Second, third, 11, 13, and 3. Hayden Hurst, here's your tight end. 20th hardest schedule. Okay, good. 24th, 17th, 5th, and 19th. So Hayden Hurst still looking kind of good. Running backs in the passing game. Second hardest schedule. Fifth, 22nd, 17th, and fourth. So right in the middle of the season, the middle eight games. Ooh, got some thunder out there. All right. Fair enough. All right, taking a look at the offense before we actually get in the schedule. Uh, they are face. They have the hardest schedule, according to Offensive DVOA, in the entire league. First, 24th, 6th, and 15th by quarter. The passing offenses, they take on the hardest schedule in DVOA for passing offense. Second, 27th, 3rd, and 3rd. Rushing offense is 15th overall. 3rd, 14th, 16th, and 28th. So it gets a little bit easier as the year goes on. Defense plus offense. This is our created metric. Uh, Rank number one. uh, Hardest schedule altogether. 2nd, 31st, 5th, and 3rd. So they are not, according to this, they're in for a long season. Let's take a look. Mostly focusing on the offense. There's no way in hell we were ever going to think about drafting their defense. Um, if you do, you're stupid. Um, unless you're unless you need to start like three defenses in your league, then okay, fine. I guess you can have them as your third. All right. Seahawks in week one. Um, it's okay. It's at home. <clears throat> Seahawks defense could be had. Uh, probably looking more. That's actually not too bad for a Todd Gurley week. And Todd Gurley's actually had uh, success against Seattle in the past. But uh, Seattle's probably going to get on top in that game, which means that they're going to have to throw. So I would say that'd be all right. At Cowboys, I'm still not sold on their defense yet. Um, we will get to them next week. Um, I think they'll be all right for the pass. Bears going to be a little tough. Uh, Packers, you can run on. Uh, and uh, I believe, t- yeah, tight ends were good. They didn't really improve too much in that area either. But, again, it's whether or not you believe that Todd Gurley is going to be the thing. Uh, Panthers in week five. Now, here we go. Um, that should be a good t- – that would technically be a good um, – Talk early week. Vikings, it's going to be all through the air. Panthers will be good through the air, too. Uh, versus the Lions, like I said, I'm, I I like the Lions. De- I like what the Lions did for their defense, but it is the fucking Lions, so not going to know. We get the Panthers again. Run all day. 
pretty much. Um, but it's all going to be dependent on Todd Gurley. But if Todd Gurley gets hurt behind there before then, you'll probably see a lot of Brian Hill shares in DFS. Um, and I wouldn't do that to you at all. Uh, Broncos. Hard against, or uh, good, terrible against the wide receiver one. So that's a Julio Jones week. <sighs> Broncos are going to slow it down. That might not be all that great of a game. They should be all right. Saints. At Saints, usually it's a higher-scoring game at home. Um, should be okay. I don't know if they're going to be great. Now, Raiders, yes, all the go. Saints at home in Atlanta, maybe. Chargers, not so much. Their defense has gotten better. Uh, versus the Buccaneers, yeah, you could probably pass on them. You have the Chiefs. They're running on for Week 16. Then Buccaneers at the end again. You can throw. It's a mediocre fucking schedule. Meaning, you know, meaning that I'm not all that thrilled actually about Atlanta. Now, you get your superstars. They can always kind of supersede what the schedule is. So I think Julio's okay still, especially in the second round. We're getting him as value. Now, Calvin Ridley, um, when we get into here, I don't know if I'm going to be like him nearly as much. And I like I like Calvin Ridley a lot. But I think Matt Ryan will be okay. Um, we get into the ADP. Matt Ryan is actually QB7, 83rd overall. So, And he's kind of he's fluctuated between 78 and and 85 so i think he's gonna be okay now we get into todd Gurley. he's rb 16 26 pick overall so it's just outside of the second round it's on the beginning of of the third round guys going around him (laughs) as long as it's not an expert draft uh Let's see, going in front of him are Josh Jacobs, Clyde Edwards Lair, Melvin Gordon, then you have Gurley, and then behind him you have Fournette, Taylor, Jonathan Taylor, uh, Le'Veon Bell, James Conner, David Johnson. I'm not taking Todd Gurley there. If Melvin Gordon fell to me, I'd take Melvin Gordon first. Um, I would actually take Leonard Fournette before I would take Todd Gurley. Uh, for looking behind him, I would take a shot on Taylor. Uh, James Conner and David Johnson. We talked about this. It would be Conner, Chris Carson, uh, David Johnson. I would probably take Gurley before I would take Le'Veon Bell. Um, yeah, and then he would fall right in front of Raheem Mostert, Devin Singletary, and David Montgomery for me. Although I would, I might even take Mike. To be honest with you, I might even take Mark Ingram in front of him. And Mark Ingram is at RB26, and he is 51st overall. So that's kind of my thoughts on him. I'm not really too thrilled with it. Now we get uh, – actually, I need to get you your handcuff here. Brian Hill's going super-duper late. So is Ito Smith. Ito Smith, RB84, pick 339. Um, Quadri, Quadri Allison, one hundred and one and four twenty one. So 
yeah, you're kind of getting the gist of this. Brian Hill's actually falling to 122. Brian Hill's the actual direct backup to him, too. It's not Edo Smith. It's not Quadri Elson. It's Brian Hill. Now, he's at 122 and 512. So pay attention to that in best ball. Um, if these other guys are going to go in front of him, and you can get him, like, say, as a last pick if you didn't need to, you know, get your defense or whatnot, um, I would maybe just put Brian Hill on there. Maybe just in the fact that because you know Todd, something's going to happen with Todd Gurley. All right, we get into the wide receivers. We're looking at Julio Jones. He is wide receiver five. He is overall at pick 19. So right about the middle to back end of round two. That's huge. Calvin Ridley, uh, wide receiver 15, 40th overall. So he's in the third round. He's in the fourth round. He's right at the beginning of the fourth round. He's moving up a little bit. He's going to sneak into the third. Just watch over the next couple of weeks because they've been talking him up. Russell Gage is wide receiver 81, pick 243. So he's pretty much going to be a waiver wire guy. Uh, Laquad Treadwell, 137, 464. And uh, he's just nothing. Christian Blake comes in at nowhere. He was drafted uh, last week, but he has not been drafted this week. Hayden Hurst has been shooting up. He is tight end nine, pick 95, but he may go a little bit earlier. He's probably going to go up in the Evan Ingram, Tyler Higby. He's going to start rising up here. He's going to go a couple rounds earlier. What is he now? Eighth round? He may sneak up in the sixth if they keep fucking talking about him. Now, he went from, in the overall, he went from 110 to 141 to 110, 101, 103 to 95. So he's starting to come up a little bit. He was tight end 13. And then went to 17, 11, 9, 9, and 9. Okay, so he's stabilized at 9. But like I said, I still expect him to kind of move up a little bit. Uh, There's no other tight ends of significance. Do understand that I have Kari Lee as his immediate backup. But Jaden Graham probably is going to get that shot first. Uh, We look at the Atlanta Falcons defense. Yeah, defense number 29, 389 overall. So... We're not really too worried about them. So we are going to go ahead and move on to the Carolina Panthers. And who's the quarterback for the Carolina Panthers this year? It's not Cam Newton. It's Teddy Bridgewater. Come over from New Orleans. You have Philip Walker, the stud who played for the Houston Roughnecks of the XFL. I have him penciled in as the actual backup um, over Will Greer. Uh, they'll give Will Greer about another year on there, but Philip Walker has actually worked directly with coach, new head coach Matt Rule. So they bring him in there. He knows him. He knows his offense. So he should be a primary backup, in my opinion. Running backs, need we say more? It's Christian McCaffrey's show. 
You have Reggie Botafon, Jordan Scarlett, Mike Davis, um, and UDFA running back Rodney Smith backing him up, but it's all about Christian McCaffrey when it comes to that. He's going to be the first and foremost offensive weapon for the Carolina Panthers. It's going to start. It's going to end there. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't like other players on the team. One of those players being DJ Moore, wide receiver. But I don't know how much we're going to like him compared to what everybody else likes him. Now, it was funny last year because DJ Moore was projected to be more of like a fifth-round pick. And seemingly in every draft that I was ever in, he ended up going in the ninth. Nobody knew where he was you know, nobody knew who he was, ninth or worst. So nobody knew who he was. Now everybody knows who he is. And he's going up towards, you know, fourth, maybe third round, maybe end up in the third round. But this, is he worth that pick? This is going to be one of those ones where we're going to really need to see who's around him first. Especially when it comes, you know, we'll look at it now when it gets closer to draft time. You know, I'll have my list, you know. You guys are going to get a list of, you know, my rankings. I'm going to do it by position. We'll have the current ADPs and their rankings based on their position but it's going to be in my order and that comes out when we get the draft guide i'll update it as need be for each week we do that we do the adps out of the nffc i do the nffc once until that draft guide comes out and then it's completely my rankings Why do I do it that way? Because I'm not going to move my fucking rankings all summer. I don't have time for that. It's hard enough to put these ADPs together and keep them and keep them straight. But we do need to take a look at DJ Moore. We do need to say think if we like him. I love the talent. I love DJ Moore. The problem is, is whether or not we believe in Teddy Bridgewater getting the opportunities to boost DJ Moore. I think it could be okay. We're going to look at the schedule. Defense is still a work in progress, so they should be playing from behind. But we have to we have to make a decision on this offense of whether or not it's going to be all CMC or if there is enough to go around based on the other players' current ADPs or the ADPs at that time of your draft. Across from DJ Moore, you're going to have Robbie Anderson. Okay. Signed a contract, you know. I like Robbie. He's going to be the high flyer. I don't know. I see Bridgewater focusing more on DJ Moore, kind of like how he did with Michael Thomas. I think that's going to be the play. In slot right now, I have the veteran, Seth Roberts, who is brought in there, but it's probably going to end up being Curtis Samuel to be honest with you. I'm probably changing that this week, too. Do I like either? Not really. 
I've heard some talk this week about Curtis Samuel that this is probably going to be his time because this is his last year in Carolina. I'm not going to buy it. I haven't. We haven't seen it. I mean, you've seen little bursts, but nothing that's been sustainable. So what? Why am I going to believe in it now? It's kind of like this next player at tight end, Ian Thomas. You know, the guy that's going to replace Greg Olson for the last two years. The fuck has he been? This dude can't catch for shit. I ain't, I am not telling anybody to fucking draft Ian Thomas. I don't give a fuck if Teddy Bridgewater throws to him a hundred times this season. Ian Thomas sucks. He's not that good. But people keep talking about him. He's a sleeper. He's a sleeper. You gotta get him. You gotta get Ian Thomas. He's the, he's the next Austin Hooper. No, he's not. Get the fuck out of here. Offensive line, it's okay. Not great. It's a little bit better than what it was last year, though. You have Russell Kuhn, John Miller, Matt Paradis, Dennis Daly, and Taylor Moten. It's okay. It Like I said, it's a little bit better than what last year's offensive line is. So the whole thing with Christian McCaffrey um, on whether or not he's going to be, if he's worthy of the number one pick overall. <gasps> Oh, I was going to leave that as a surprise. Oh, Christian McCaffrey's the number one pick. Oh, oh, sorry, guys. I I can never keep a secret. I can never keep a secret. Moving on to the defense, let's take a look at it here real quick. You're going to have across the defensive line, Stephen Weatherly, rookie Derek Brown, who was the first-round pick out of Auburn, uh, and Kwan Short. It's okay. Not great. Should be pretty de- It should be pretty decent against the run, um, as long as the linebacking core of Brian Burns, Shaq Thomas, or Thompson, Tahir Whitehead, and Marquise Haynes, you know, pick up the slack. I mean, the defensive line can't do it all itself. So hopefully, hopefully, it's going to shut it down. Now they did spend a lot of picks on like corners and safeties here but uh your your starting outside corners are going to be dante jackson and eli apple who they brought in from new orleans uh eli apple was also supposed to go to the raiders i believe if i remember correctly and that deal got nixed so now he's here in carolina it's actually a pretty good pickup for carolina i kind of I, I i like that pickup uh, Cole Luke is going to be your weak spot in the secondary in the slot, but he's kind of the incumbent, so it is what it is. Uh, we do have rookie Jeremy Chin coming in at safe at strong safety, and then you'll have Trey Boston at the free safety uh, free safety spot. Jeremy Chin is the second round pick. He was the number thirty two overall out of Southern Illinois. He's a good kid. Um, I think he'll make. I think he'll make an impact, but I don't think it's going to be right away out of the gate. I think you're going to see it as the season goes on. Now we look at the Carolina Panthers' strength of schedule. Of course, start out, opponent uh, records. They have the 18th hardest schedule of the season. Okay, not bad. Uh, 28th, 9th, 20th, and 8th by quarters. Now you look at it by total defense, DVOA, 
It's actually a, the 11th hardest schedule. By quarter, 24, 9, 8, and 16. So based on total defense, the first quarter is going to be the easiest. Quarter four is going to be the second. Versus the rush. It's the fifth hardest schedule versus the rush. 11, 5, 6, and 15. It's interesting. But let's not make a decision on it until we get to the end with the Arby's of the passing game. We look at the passing game. 19th hardest schedule uh, in the league. Okay. 26, 20th, 8, and 13. So possibly a good start for Teddy Bridgewater in the passing game. Let's take a look at DJ Moore. 17th overall. 29th, 5th, 8th, and 12th. Okay, first quarter, nothing else too special. The wide receiver, too. Now the Robbie Anderson one is actually 22nd overall, 23, 27th, 13th, and 7th. So we have still that nice first half, and then it just falls through the floor. Wide receiver plus, this would be your Curtis Samuel, 16th overall, 10, 24, 17, and 10. So good right about in the middle. Tight end, 15th hardest schedule. 31st, 2nd, 11, and 18. <laughs> Somebody's going to bite on Ian Thomas here beginning of the year, and then it's going to fall off a cliff. I'm going to tell you exactly where they're going to do it. Uh, versus the running back in the passing game, 5th hardest schedule. Okay, so CMC has 5th against the run and 5th against the running back in the passing game. 25th, 7th, 10th, and 4th. All right, we're going to have to take a look at that one, aren't we? Great. All right, for, uh, now let's see. For Carolina defense, uh, total offense DVOA is the strength of schedule of the offenses that they're facing. Uh, second hardest schedule. <laughs> it's the South. It is what it is. Um, you got a lot of Tampa Bay baked in there, too. Uh, 9th, 11, 11, and 19. So it gets a little bit easier as the, as the year goes on. First is the passing offense. Again, this is going to be a lot of the Buccaneers probably in here too. Um, second hardest schedule versus opposing pass offenses. 8, 3, 6, and 19 versus rush offenses is actually 27th overall, so they're not going to have that much competition again with the run, which is actually good for their line. Um, by quarter, 18, 27, 27, and 12. Uh, so just right at the end, it might tank. Defense plus offense, they have the third hardest schedule in the league. 10, 8, 9, and 16. All right. So let's take a look at this schedule. All right. Versus the Raiders. It's a pretty good opening. Raiders, you can run, you can pass. It's going to be Christian McCaffrey all day. Uh, DFS, he, if he's not almost 10K, even in a soft, you know, their prices are always soft on FanDuel and DK that first week. So they'll have, they'll have CMC real high that first one. Uh, versus the Buccaneers. Passing offense should be okay. Uh, Christian McCaffrey versus I mean, he's going to get a lot of catches any which way. 
but that is the hardest defense to face. So it could be a quite a fade right in there. Uh, Chargers got a little bit better in that middle. So I expect those numbers to be okay, but it is CMC. Let's just worry about um, let's worry mostly about the passing offense. CMC should be good for most of the year, no matter what. Now I'm probably not as high seeing the rankings, but we'll see what all these teams are. Now Cardinals, there week four. There's where your there's your Ian Thomas chalk right there versus the Cardinals. But uh, you're going to have all day, every day with CMC against the Cardinals, especially early in the year. Uh, it's actually a good spot for DJ Moore. Um, I'm not afraid of the Cardinals and Patrick Peterson. If you have a stud wide receiver, stud wide receivers, guys with speed, guys who are good route runners, they can beat Patrick Peterson. He's starting to show his age. I think you're still gonna get we're gonna get one more year of everybody being fucking scared of it before it's out. Week five here at the Falcons. Okay. Uh passing game is fine. Uh Bears. Ah, skip it. Be a contrarian CMC play right there. Uh Saints. <sighs> It's a mini revenge game, I guess. He's going to get a lot of cheers. He's going to get a lot of cheers in New Orleans for that game. It's in New Orleans. so uh, Versus the Falcons, again, uh, everybody's good to go there. Chiefs, uh, that's a CMC all day type game. I don't think you're going to have much else in there. Uh, still haven't gotten any news on Bashad Breeland yet. Uh, Buccaneers, it's passing. Lions, better defense. Vikings, passing. Um, CMC will be a contrarian there. Broncos, uh, probably don't like that. Packers, that's a CMC day all day, every day. And Redskins, who have improved. I should start just saying Washington. I hate saying Redskins. bothers me. Um. Yeah, we're gonna have to take a look at the wash. We're gonna have to take a look at Washington because their secondary is what scares me. It, or is where I think we can attack in there. It's not gonna be so much anything. Um, with that front line, that front line is fucking. It's scary looking on paper, but it's got to play out. It's got to play out. Uh, week seventeen. Then you got the Saints. So. Um, should be a decent game that last that last week of the year. Uh, looking at the quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater is QB twenty three at one fifty nine overall. So you get him for basically nothing. We talked about CMC. He is the RB one, the number one overall pick. Um, to be quite honest with me with you, if you took Barkley there, I'm not going to fault you for it. Um, let's see. Carolina's backups in here. Mike Davis is the first one to go at RB72, 276 overall. And then Reggie Bonifon at RB106, 447. So we're not really too worried about that. Now, here we go. We're looking at DJ Moore. He is wide receiver 13. So he's just out of being an actual wide receiver one. 
according to ADP, um, in 12-team leagues. 37th overall, so he's the first pick of the fourth round. Hmm. Let's look at the guys that are around him. We'll start three above and we'll go three under. Um, so you got Odell Beckham Jr., Cooper Cup, Amari Cooper above him. Below him, you will have Juju Smith-Schuster, Calvin Ridley, Adam Thielen, and then everybody's, I'll go another one. There's uh, everybody's sexy darling of A.J. Brown for Tennessee. So, um, can't argue with Odell. Can't argue, I can argue actually Cooper. Cooper Cup. Um, Amari Cooper, I've got to take in front of DJ Moore. Smith Schuster, I might actually take in front of him. Um, I will take him in front of Calvin Ridley and Adam Thielen there. A.J. Brown, real close, real close. But uh, D.J. Moore is going to be a little bit more consistent than A.J. Brown. That's why I would give the edge to A.J. there. Uh, Let's see. Let's go to tight end just in case all you Ian Thomas truthers would like to know. Where is he? Where's Ian Thomas? I didn't even mark him. Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. We got to find Ian Thomas. We can't let him can't let him struggle there. Oh, I did mark him. He's tight end 21, uh, 171 overall around him. The three, the three above him, Jack Doyle, Blake Jarwin, Chris Herndon. The three below, Eric Ebron. Irv Smith, Chase Sternberger. I would take Doyle in front of him. I would... I'm not a Jarwin guy, but I would probably still take Jarwin ahead of him. Chris Herndon, that's got to play out. We don't know between him and Ryan Griffin, but Herndon's going to get the first shot. I would probably take Herndon in front of him, and then I would take Eric Ebron in front of Ian Thomas. Uh, Irv Smith Jr., Jace Sternberger. Um, I'm not buying in that bullshit with Jace Sternberger. Um, Being that fantasy relevant for the Green Bay Packers. So I would probably tell you to pass right in there. Um. I'm just, I'm not big on Ian Thomas. He just, he's fucking prove it to me, dude. And he just, he just never proves it. Every fucking year he sucks. But they keep pumping him up. They keep thinking he's Greg Olson. He's not fucking Greg Olson. Greg Olson was his own cat. Like, he wasn't the most athletic fucking guy, but the guy could fucking move, right? He could catch the fucking ball consistently. He was there. He was the fucking safety valve. Ian Thomas would come in when Greg Olson was injured and couldn't do a fucking thing. What do you have? Maybe one game where he had four fucking catches? Oh, hold the fucking presses on that one! Oh my God, here comes the, here comes the new, here comes the new Greg Olson and Ian Thomas. Oh, get the fuck out of that guy's way! Holy shit! Kind of like that whole fucking Mike Izzicki hype. I like Mike Izzicki. But Jesus Christ, settle down on some of these guys. And then, like, it's not just one show. Like, you'll hear it, you know, 
I haven't been listening to Sirius nearly as much as I used to. I skip around a little bit. But whenever it's like, you know, I work late night, I work the overnight for the most part, two, three in the morning. So I'll get, I, you know, every once in a while a replay will be on there and they'll be talking about the same fucking guy that I just heard like 12 fucking hours ago. It's like, is this the same show that I was listening to before? Nope. Nope. It's a completely different fucking show. But they all talk about the same fucking guys. Get the fuck out of here. Carolina Panthers defense. 26 overall. Uh, as far as the defenses are concerned, 356. So we're not going to worry about them too much. All right. Now we're going to get into the New Orleans Saints. Uh, the Taysom Hill-led New Orleans Saints. Oh, wait. No. Drew Brees is still the quarterback there. At least in theory. Um, Drew Brees is going to be perfectly fine. Uh, you know, he's getting up there in age. Still probably, he's still a QB1, no matter what. But if he gets hurt, guess who's going to be in there? It's going to be Jameis Winston, not Taysom Hill. Because they like to move Taysom Hill around. Taysom Hill take away targets and run the ball and all that good shit. I wish they'd just do something with Taysom Hill. It, when Drew Brees retires, hopefully Taysom Hill is there. And uh, hopefully we get to see a year of him. I know he's a little bit older. He's a little bit longer in the tooth. But I'd like to get one year of Taysom Hill just to see what it is. See what it would be like. Running back. Got questions about Alvin Kamara. He was hurt all of last year. Um I'm still a little bit lower than most people probably on him because we did see what the offense was going to do was going to look like with with Kamara and uh, Latavius Murray, who was acquired last year. Now Murray might have gotten a little bit more run because of the injuries with Alvin Kamara, but now that Sean Payton's seen what he has with both, you know, he knows what he has with both running backs, right? So you're still going to get that kind of split. It was the same thing when Mark Ingram was there with Alvin. Um, Alvin Kamara is he's top-notch, right? He's got a lot of upside. I'm not going to fault anybody for taking him at four. Um, I think it's crazy to draft him in front of Zeke still. I think four would be his highest. If you want him at four, I don't have a problem with it. I'm probably not going to put him at four because I'm a little bit higher on a couple other guys. Talked about. I mean, Alvin Kamara is always going to have an up on Derrick Henry because he catches the ball. He catches a lot of balls in PPRs. Now, if you're running half point, if you're running half in a half point or a. Uh, the quote-unquote standard league, the no PPR. We'll just call it no PPR from now on. Um, then, like, guys like Derrick Henry, you know, uh, Joe Mixon, they all, Nick Chubb, they all start moving up, right, because you're taking away the catch points. But we talked, because, I mean, we talked about it. But he's still like the guys who are getting the opportunities to get targeted in the passing game, so... Yeah, I don't have a problem with him at four. Four overall. Wide receivers, of course. Do we need to talk about Michael Thomas? No. 
You could take Michael Thomas anywhere. I probably wouldn't take him first overall, uh, but you could probably take Michael Thomas pretty much anywhere. He's safe as a wide receiver. Now I know there's worries about running backs and how how safe most of the running backs are this season as far as you know safe selections I should say um so it's kind of like yes I want Michael Thomas but do I want this guy that's assured carries the workload on such and such team that's kind of the question in the first round. Can you make that up in the rounds that follow? Depends on the draft. Depends on who you're drafting with. You know, they a lot of so that's something else that nobody else really talks about. You know, everybody wants to focus on these fucking expert drafts. They want to focus on the NFFC. You know, where these guys. You know, most of the guy people in the NFFC. There's there's not a lot of newcomers. There are, but the majority of the guys that play in the NFSC, they play a lot of those contests. So they have they have a certain pattern of the way that they draft. They never talk about I was gonna god damn it, I was gonna make a vote a video of this today on my break at work, but I don't I don't know why I'm I'm pussing out on this. It's just kind of slamming some of these guys because they don't talk enough about people's home leagues. They don't they don't talk about like what happened when uh Real Talk Raf took David Johnson in the second round. He wanted him. It was on his it was on his thing. We talked about it on Tuesday. Right? The he he definitely could have gotten him in the third round, you know. He would have jumped on him probably around round and a half, you know round a half round a round earlier. But if it was his guy, go get your guy, right? Right or wrong, if it's your guy, go get your fucking guy. As long as you're making it reasonable, right? And they sit there and they and they'll ridicule. And I love it. I love it. I, I love when people tear down other people. It's 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 great. It really is. On the radio, because everybody gets so fucking defensive on it, right? And then they start stuttering, stuttering and and it's like nobody can defend their own pick either. But they don't they don't talk about that like somebody taking Lamar Jackson in the second round. Uh, we talk about, let's, let's just, uh, New Orleans is going to be a bad one. Let's say you live in North Carolina. Let's just say it, right? You live in North Carolina. Everybody in your draft, and maybe not everybody, but a lot of the guys in your draft are Carolina Panther fans. So your ADP for DJ Moore is at the beginning of the fourth round. But it's not the beginning of the fourth round for your draft. 
your ADP for DJ Moore in your draft is probably uh, right around the one-two turn. Round one and round two at the latest. Because you always have that one guy that wants to fucking get the guy on his team, right? And nobody fucking talks about that on the radio. They don't do it in the expert drafts. When they have a full fucking audience and they can't explain. Look, just all you have to do is go this. I don't agree with the pick. It's too high. This is where I have him. This is where I believe he should go. But you have to be aware that this could happen in your draft. You're going to get a guy that's going to jump up. So what do you do from there? You cross him off. You fucking move on. Without any drama. Without any bullshit. I mean, you can make fun of him if you want. I, it is. But you don't lose your fucking head about it, right? And why, why do you not lose your head about it? Because you're keeping your mind into the draft. You don't let this shit bother you. You keep moving on. You rework it. You keep yourself calm. You're going to continue to have an awesome draft. We worry about other people's drafts way more than ours. And that's the wrong way to draft. It's like in life. We fucking worry about what everybody else has. What everybody else is doing. And we don't focus on what we're doing. So what ends up happening? We get so enamored with everybody else, we forget about ourselves, and we fail. And that's what I try to teach here. I've been teaching this for four years. This will be the fifth season, right? Don't worry about anybody else. You worry about your own fucking draft, and you'll be just fine. You got a question? Shoot me a question on it in your draft. If I'm able to get there and answer it, I'll answer it. But by doing the podcast, by looking at these charts and just at least taking some kind of fucking time during your week, to just pay attention to what is currently going on. And then we move on to the next week. Takes a little bit of time. I know fucking baseball's coming back. And everybody's going to want to get into DFS baseball. I want to get into DFS baseball as well. But if you want to be successful at fantasy football, you have to at least take some time. Do a best ball draft. It's almost as easy as doing a f- one fucking be- free best ball draft. Or a mock draft. It's almost that easy. At least keeping your mind moving with it. So when we get into August, when we get close to our drafts, what are we not going to do? We're not going to get all fucking flustered about it. Why? Because we're fucking prepared. 
if we're prepared to succeed. Sorry, I I have to do that tangent. It, it just it irritates the shit out of me. So we get back. We got Michael Thomas. We have the newly acquired Emmanuel Sanders on the other side, which is great. Um, takes a little bit of the heat off of Michael Thomas. Not a ton of it, but it takes some. There's a guy on the opposite side that they have to respect, that the defense has to respect. And it's going to work both ways with that, with Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. We'll take a look at Sanders' ADP. But I like Emmanuel Sanders. I'm kind of a little bit back on Traquan. As much as he's fucking failed us. I'm a little bit on him. Maybe in best ball. I want to look at the ADP because I haven't really tracked it. But it's going to be low. So we'll take a look at that. Tight ends, you're going to have Jared Cook and you're going to have Josh Hill. You do have the newly acquired Adam Troutman from the draft. Now, he was drafted in the third round out of Dayton. Um, and then, of course, you got perennial. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Steve. But Garrett Griffin, Jason Vanderlyn, Colwick, get the fuck out of here. All right. Uh, Adam Troutman really isn't going to do, I don't think he's going to do all that much. Now, he may be an occasional goal line red zone target. Um, in the past, Drew Brees has liked throwing to the tight end at the goal line. So, guys like, you know, your your number one guy probably as far as the targets out of the tight end is going to be Jared Cook. Um, number two is going to be Josh Hill. They love Josh Hill down there. Um, and then occasionally you'll see Adam Troutman. Now, are Hill and Troutman worth drafting? Probably not. Probably not. Now we look at the offensive line. You got Teron Armstead, Andrus Pete, which, for the love of me, I don't know why Andrus Pete is still there. And Larry Warfield is gone, but it is what it is. Eric McCoy at center, newly acquired uh, or newly drafted, Cesar Ruiz, the center out of uh, Michigan, who also can play guard, and then Ryan Ramsky. So. You're going to have a pretty good offensive line in there again. Again, I hate – Andrews Pete, no. It, it just drives me nuts. But the line is good. It's going to keep Drew Brees clean. It's going to open the lanes for Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray in the running game. So offense should be good to go. Um, a very veteran team. I think which really helps them with this whole coronavirus thing. Now, I know the whole thing with the Drew Brees comments about the flag. I don't necessarily disagree with him, but um, I think this team is able to squash that and just let it go and move on. I'm not going to get too political. I'm not going to get political with it. Unlike people who go, I'm not going to get political on it, and then they start talking about the mask policies. But any which way, so your defensive line for the New Orleans Saints is going to be from left to right, Cameron Jordan, Sheldon Rankins, David Onyemata. 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 Love that name. I'm going to start calling him Onyemata. I don't even care if I'm fucking wrong with that. I don't care. Fucking sue me. I don't give a shit. 
uh, and then Marcus Davenport on the outside. Very good, very strong across the front. Uh, your linebackers should be Zach Bond, Macy. Everywhere I've looked, it has Kiko Alonso in the middle. I don't know so much if it's going to be Kiko. It could be Alex uh, Anzalone in there, moved over from the outside. And then you got Demario Davis. So linebacking core, though, isn't going to be too bad in there. Now we're going to have the outside corners, Marshawn Lattimore. They're going to move Janoris. They should move. This is my thoughts. They should move Janoris Jenkins to the outside. Leave P.J. Williams on the inside. Um, or that that's what they will do, I should say. What they should do, because P.J. Williams actually played better on the outside, they should move P.J. Williams to the outside and keep Janoris Jenkins on the inside. But they won't do that. God knows why. Janoris Jenkins probably throw a fucking hissy fit. But any which way. Marcus Williams and Malcolm Jenkins will be your starters in the safeties. Very good defense. But I still think you're going to see some uh, high-scoring games against this defense from time to time, but we're going to have to find those offenses that can actually pull that shit off. So we like the New Orleans Saints defense. We like them a lot. Strength of schedule based on opponent record. You had... Uh, 24th, 24th overall. Ooh, okay. 19, 28, 15, and 9. That's what you get when you play in the fucking South. But according to total defense, that actually is the 10th hardest schedule in the league. 22, 9, 9, and 15. Versus the rush, DVOA is going to be 15th for the season by quarter. 15, 19, 6, and 20. So our second and fourth quarters are going to be good. All right. Uh, I can let the 15 go. Uh, six, we'll take a look into that. Um, I'm not too worried, not with this offensive line, really. Uh, versus the past six hardest schedule overall. By quarter, 23rd, 7, 15, and 1. I'll have to take a look at that. We'll see what happens in there. Uh, versus wide receiver one, here's Michael Thomas. He has the ninth hardest schedule in the league. He has a top-end talent, so I'm not too worried about it. Uh, 20th, 6, 19, and 6. I think he's absolutely just fine. Versus wide receiver 2, so this will be your Emmanuel Sanders. 28th, hardest schedule in the league. 25, 21, 27, and 9. We will take a look at that because that is fantastic. Wide receiver plus, ooh, Traquan. Oof. Third hardest. 4, 1, 16, and 17. So, eh, maybe not draft him. Maybe second half. Best ball, I still kind of like him. Uh, versus the tight end. Fifth, hardest schedule. Okay. But it's a good start. 32nd, 23rd, 1st, and 2nd. Maybe you get a good start and we sell him. Uh, we trade him. Oh, uh, we make a transaction with somebody else. I don't know. I there's so much going on with the terminology right now. I don't know what the fuck is right or wrong. I don't really give a shit. I'm not you know what I'm not talking about. When I say these terms, so total offense. So okay, here's our here's our defense here, right? So fifteenth overall. Hardest schedule for the defense. 10, 27, 16, and eleven. So second quarter is actually pretty good. 
uh, versus passing offenses, eighth hardest, 6, 23, 13, and 15. I think that's okay. Uh, versus rush offense, though, not bad. 28th overall, 26, 30, 22nd, and 11. So versus a rush, it's pretty good. We'll have to take a look at these teams, see what's going on here. Defense plus offense, fifth hardest schedule overall, 16, 17, 15, and 5. So here's your New Orleans Saints schedule. Starting week one, they are facing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You're going to face more rushing than you are going to face passing in here. I swear to fucking God. Although Tom Brady's going to have to probably play from behind. I know Saint. I know New Orleans. Typically, I believe New Orleans, when they're in Tampa, they struggle a little bit. But you're going to get them right out of the gate. Like I said, it's a veteran team. The Buccaneers are veteran too, but as far as the offense is concerned, but... Saints should have their way with this. Uh, it doesn't bode well for Alvin Kamara, but it does bode well for the Breeze. Uh, week two, you have the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. All good to go there. Packers, whoo, there's a Kamara week. There might be a Lat Murray week. Um, Jared Cook, revenge game. I think this could be the first time he's played. No. Is this the first time Jared Cook's played against the Packers since he went to New Orleans? Huh. It might be. I'll have to ask Renner on that. Renner, if you hear this, I need to know that answer. Um, Lions. We've talked about that, but it is, it's New Orleans. I think that'll be okay versus the Chargers. <sighs> That's a Monday Night Football game. That's going to be a little tough. But you got the Chargers coming east, uh, west to east. Well, it's in New Orleans. It's probably going to be a higher scoring game. Uh, versus Panthers, Kamara all day. Bears, eh. Buccaneers passing with Breeze at home. Oh, no, 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 no. Buccaneers. Actually, that Buccaneers is at home. This one is actually the away game. At the Buccaneers. That one. I bet you 10 bucks they lose that game. Um, 49ers at home. Last time it was a high-scoring affair. I don't know. Is Debo going to be back by then? Is Debo going to be back by then? Versus the Falcons. There we go. We pass all day on them. Broncos probably throw. Uh, Atlanta Falcons again. Throw all day. Eagles, actually their defense got a little bit better um, against the pass. Should be okay for Emmanuel Sanders. You also Usually the slot is a real good uh, spot to attack. And then we have the Chiefs. Uh, that's going to be a really good spot for Kamara and Murray. And any high flyers that they have, really. Yeah, it's, a good, it's good to go for... Uh, Kamara there. Last week, the last regular week, usually the week 16, it's versus the Vikings. It's good for Breeze. It's going to be really good for the passing game. I think you'll be all right with Kamara in that one. Um, and then Panthers. Oh, you lose a Panthers. Oh, you lose a Panthers right at the end. Oh, that sucks. Play week 17 if you're a Kamara, if you want to draft Kamara. Ugh. All right, ADPs. 
Drew Brees is your QB 11. He's still a QB 1. 98th overall, so he's going super late. That's really good. Uh, in case anyone is curious about one Taysom Hill, he is QB 58. 438 overall. Jameis Winston actually goes in front of him at QB 55, 422. Sorry. Sorry there, Steve. All right. Running backs. Talked about it. El Kamara is the RB4, and he is 4 overall. Uh, Latavius Murray. And I said, if you want to take him 4 overall, I'm I'm not going to argue that one. Uh, Latavius Murray is your RB46. Okay, so here you're getting a really good value. Whether or not you're going to handcuff or if you want him as another piece, like say an RB4, maybe you're going to want him as an RB4, not as an RB3, but Latavius Murray I'll take in front of a lot of these other guys that are ahead of him. I'm not going to go through it. You can look at your ADP sheets or if you need it. Let me know. Uh, give me your email, and I'll get this sent out to you. But he's RB46. He's 116 overall. That's a hell of a value. It's a hell of a value for how he's how he's used. So uh, Ty Montgomery, who's come over. I'm not too high on him uh, unless something gets injured. He's 113 overall, or uh, 113 at RB, uh, 478 overall, so... Nothing really big. DeAndre Washington was in here. Where the hell did he go? Ah, fuck it. It is what it is. Michael Thomas is your top wide receiver right now. Overall, he is fifth uh, in most um, NFFC leagues. That's probably where he's going to go. He's going to go anywhere from five. He's going to go anywhere from five to ten. It depends on how your league wants to do it, if, if they're going to take all running backs. We know a lot of the home leagues will tend to take more running backs than um, high-stakes high type leagues, which will grab the wide receivers. So just keep that in mind. Emmanuel Sanders is going to be your wide receiver 46 at 119. So he's in round 10. Oh, it is pissing like crazy out doing this podcast in the fucking thunderstorm. Hopefully the power doesn't go out. Uh, Deontay Harris is actually <laughs> the next guy to go One at wide receiver 125 at 439. Um, uh, where's Traquan? He is wide receiver 150, 493. So if you want to take a shot on Traquan, uh, Deontay Harris is their primary um, return man. So he will get a shot a little bit at wide receiver if um, Traquan is a failure. You could see Deontay Harris in there. I do like him. I just don't know how much opportunity, to be completely honest with you, I don't know how much opportunity he's really going to get outside of the return game. So if you take a Deontay Harris, you're probably taking him in best ball. You're taking him at, like, you know, uh, since you get, like, 20-some-odd rounds, you're taking him in one of the last two rounds. Pretty much. Uh, moving to tight end, Jared Cook is your tight end 11, 113 overall. Uh, that is, we got Adam Troutman actually goes, Adam Troutman actually goes ahead of Josh Hill. Josh Hill isn't getting drafted right now. Uh, he was like three weeks ago, but Troutman moved up to tight end 62 uh, and 497. So we're not really too worried about that. Uh, New Orleans Saints defense is your number eight defense. 
uh, 202 overall. That the New Orleans Saints defense is my favorite defense in this uh, whole division. Uh, Tampa Bay would be, of course, the second one. Um, if you're looking for a team that might be able to accumulate some turnovers, I think they're okay. Uh, if you're waiting late, if you're trying to draft in a regular spot, New Orleans tends to get kind of overlooked because of the offense and everybody sees a high-scoring game. Um, but Saints are actually really good at turning over the ball, uh, recovering, you know, uh, recovering fumbles and all that type of stuff. So I have a soft spot for New Orleans defense, even if they start out slow. But I think they're going to have a really good start to the year. So I would hop on them as soon as I can, although we try not to draft it too early. But, uh, well, hour and 12 minutes already. Yeah, you're going. we got to get through this Tampa Bay. All right. Tom Brady has moved on from New uh, New England and has gone to Tampa Bay. Uh, we talked about Tom Brady and how his age has been affecting him. Uh, I'm not buying into the fact that he did not have the uh, weapons in his offense. He's always been able to work with lower-than-average type weapons, even when Gronk wasn't there. So I'm not buying that fucking excuse. Does he have a lot better weapons here? Yes. Is he going to have to use them? Don't know. It's all going to be dependent upon the defense and how that rush defense holds up. Now, if the secondary improved, you're definitely not going to see uh, Tom Brady have all that great of a year again. Um, and I'm going to rely more on the running backs. And speaking of running backs, we actually have kind of a little controversy here because Ronald Jones is going to be your starter. But everybody likes Keyshawn Vaughn. Keyshawn Vaughn. I love Keyshawn Vaughn. Keyshawn Vaughn needs to go here. Keyshawn Vaughn needs to go there. Fuck Keyshawn Vaughn. He's not all that great of a fucking running back. <clears throat> Ronald Jones is going to get the first crack at this. It's not going to be Keyshawn Vaughn. And I think Ronald Jones can hold on to it because of the improvement along the offensive line, which we'll get to after, of course, the wide receivers. So we don't hear a lot about Ronald Jones. We hear a lot about Keyshawn Vaughn. Another guy I like is actually Raymond Calais. He was the seventh-round pick out of Louisiana Lafayette. I actually think he's better than Vaughn. Um, but, you know, the running back situation, it's going to be kind of fishy. It's going to be, do you believe it? Do you believe in Ronald Jones or do you believe in Keyshawn Vaughn? For later. They're not getting drafted that high. So, I mean, this is kind of last year's San Francisco... Uh, 49ers debacle, right? With Tevin Coleman, Rahe, uh, Mostert. Um, who is going to be your starter? Or, I'm sorry, Matt Breida. So, I would tell, I will tell you right now that I believe it's Ronald Jones. 
and not just because everybody's talking about Keyshawn Vaughn. It's because I truly believe that Ronald Jones is going to be the starting running back. He needs the opportunity, and I think Bruce Arians understands that. But now you look at the wide receivers, you look at Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Right now, Justin Watson penciled in across from Mike Evans, but I do think that at some point Tyler Johnson will take that spot. Um, I'm not as high on any of the targets because of Tom Brady. Will I take him at a value? Maybe. But we have to see where they're going to go. Chris Godwin, you're never going to get at a value. Somebody's going to hop on him in the second round. It's just going to happen. I believe Mike Evans goes in the third. If I if it was late third, maybe I'd take a shot on him. If I had two running backs. Justin Watson, I'm not touching. Tyler Johnson, I like. Tyler Johnson, I might take a shot in best ball. Super late. Everybody's shitting on Tyler Johnson. They said he has terrible hands. The, the kid's fucking fantastic out of Minnesota. I don't know what the fuck everybody was talking about. I wanted the Packers to take him. Everybody knew that. If you listen to that live stream, you knew that. Um, during the draft, I'm saying. Uh, tight end, you have Robert Gronkowski, who unretired and uh, supplanted O.J. Howard and Cameron Bray. Uh We will see that O.J. Howard is still kind of up there uh, as far as ADP for the tight end spot. I don't understand why. I'm not even that high on Rob Gronkowski. So trying to sell me on O.J. Howard is it's a losing it's a it's a losing charge there. But Cameron Braid I kinda still like. Um I might take him in best ball. That's probably gonna be about it. But offensive line to get better. We go from left to right. Donovan Smith, Ali Marpet, Ryan Jensen, Alex Kappa, and then the newly acquired uh, or newly drafted Tristan Wirth, who a lot of people are shitting on, but uh, I think he'll be fine at right tackle. If they put him at left tackle, that would be a different story. Now we go look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. You have one Namaka and Sue, Vita Vea, William Golston across the front. You can see why they got better against the rush. Then you have Jason uh, Pierre Paul returning, Devin White, Levante David, and Shaquille Barrett. Very good in the linebacking core. Outside corners are going to be Carlton Davis, Sean Murphy bunting. I'm still not a believer in either. MJ Stewart in the slot, still not believing there. And then you have Mike Edwards and the rookie Antoine Winfield Jr. out of Minnesota taken in the second round. So they did improve at uh, safety, the free safety position uh, through the draft. So there's a lot of hope for this defense. That's I, but I'm still not fully buying into it. That's why I'm saying I like New Orleans first, Tampa Bay defense second. <clears throat> but <clears throat> if Tom Brady's going to have a a good year, like like a super like you know the year that everybody's predicting, this defense has to fail. I don't think this defense fails. I'm not completely sold on it, but I don't think it fails. Even at mediocre. You'd have to have them fall into like the 20th ranked defense or below for Tom Brady to have a a really good year. He's not going to have Jameis Winston's year. He's just not. 
And I'm not even saying with the 30 interceptions. I'm saying with the 30 touchdowns. Because I don't believe he can do it. If I believe that last year, why, why, why would I all of a sudden flip back the other way? Like a lot of these experts. You can't fucking flip-flop because he moved to a different thing. If he said his arm was dead last year, then his arm is fucking dead. Stop. Good God. Any which way, let's go to strength of schedule. we got to get this all rounded up. Uh, strength of schedule based on opponent record, 16th overall. By quarter, 20, 16, 5, and 25. So it's not too bad there. But against total defense, <clears throat> DVOA, uh, strength of schedule is 24th. So it is a good schedule according to uh, last year's numbers. But we've got to go through it. Uh, by quarter, 16, 23rd, 11, and 20. Versus the rush, 19th overall. Uh, 22, 14, 23, and 9. Versus the pass, 16th, 12, 24, 5, and 27. Here's your wide receiver one. This is going to be your Mike Evans. Six, hardest schedule. 16, 25, 2, and 21. Versus wide receiver two. This will be your Chris Godwin, 20th overall. 12, 14, 8, and 32. So it's not all that good. It, it actually isn't all that good. It's that fourth quarter that's propping it up. Um, wide receiver plus, this would be your Justin Watson, Tyler Johnson. Uh, it'd be 14th, hardest, first, 14, 11, and 30. So, again, that fourth quarter again. Uh, versus the tight end, second hardest schedule against the tight end, 6, 29, Nine and one. So see Gronk. I may use in DFS, not in seasonal. Versus running back in the passing game. Now this is something that Ronald Jones can excel in, no matter if Keyshawn Vaughn's there or not. Fifteenth overall, eight, twenty, twenty-one, and thirteen. So it's not too bad. It's not fantastic, but it's not terrible. All right. Let's see their defensive schedule. Total offense. Fifth hardest schedule, 17, 16, 10, and 12. Where is this coming from? Uh, it's from the passing offenses. So they have to improve in that. They have to have improved in that secondary. Fourth hardest schedule, 16, 16, 8, and 6. Versus the rush, 22nd overall. All right. Six, uh, 14, 16, 11, and 25. Now, when you combine the defense and the offense, it's the 16th high, hardest schedule. 17, 16, 16, and 17. So right in the middle. All right, so let's go through here real quick. Plays, we talked about this. They play at the Saints, so they should be playing from behind in this game. Um, so it could be good for Brady. And it could not, and it maybe could not. Um, probably not a good game for the running backs. Now, week two, whoever your starter is, face the Panthers. Very good. Very good. And Godwin's got a, a good matchup. So does Gronk. Week three sees the Broncos. Should be a good spot for Mike Evans. 
uh, versus the Chargers. They've improved, so I'm not really too enamored with the running backs in this game. And again, maybe not with the Bears, although that nice offensive line against the Bears front might not be too bad. Versus the Packers, that's a runner that's a runner back running back's wet dream. Uh tight end as well, so that could be a good Gronk game actually. Uh Brady uh we've talked about that that Packers kind of failure in the fourth quarter where they kind of allow teams to come back and the quarterbacks actually uh get their fancy numbers kind of propped up. So Brady might not be too bad in there. Uh, versus the Raiders, everybody good to go. Versus the Giants, everybody good to go. Uh, Saints again, we talked about that one earlier. Same with the Panthers, good to go for the running game. Uh, versus the Rams, we like running backs in the passing game and tight ends. That's going to continue. Uh, versus the Chiefs, that's always a running back game. Now you have week 14. It's funny. They got to buy in week 13 right before the fucking, regu- you know, most teams playoffs. Uh, versus the Vikings, that's a good passing opportunity um, for Mike Evans, Godwin. Uh, Gronk, not so much. Versus the Falcons, uh, passing targets, good to go there uh, outside of the running backs. Lions, like I said, they're kind of. I like them. They're a little bit stronger. So, And then they have the Falcons in Week 17, another one of those. God damn it. Just missed it. So let's take a look at our quarterback here. Looking at Tom Brady. Comes in right in front of Drew Brees. It's QB 10, 92 overall. I don't care much for it. I think he should be outside of the top 12. Running backs. Ronald Jones the second and Keyshawn Vaughn are right next to each other at RBs 32 and 33. So they're RB they're both RB3s. They can't both be RB3s. Sorry. Overall 79, overall 82. It's not gonna happen. It's fucking ridiculous. And let's see, we got Dari Agunbawale, he's RB eighty-eight, three sixty-six. So there's still love for him, even though Raymond Calais is at RB 115 and 485 overall. So Calais, outside of a best ball, is not really a guy that you're going to draft right away unless we get an injury in the preseason. All right, wide receivers. Chris Godwin goes first. Wide receiver, six. 23rd overall. This is the Julian Edelman effect. Of being with Tom Brady, uh, the slot guy is the guy that receives the most attention. Godwin probably should be the guy. He's got a little bit more juice um, than say than say a Mike Evans. But Mike Evans is right behind him at wide receiver eight, twenty eighth overall. So just in the third round, Chris Godwin. Like I said, he's in the second. Let's see here. Got some backups. Uh, Scotty Miller. Ooh, wide receiver, 117. Skip it. Uh, Justin Watson, 122 uh, at wide receiver. Skip it. Tyler Johnson in a best ball, uh, 148, 489. So he's going to go right at the the end. 
tight ends. You're going to have Rob Gurkowski at tight end 10, uh, 111 overall. I don't hate it. I mean, it's round 10 at that point. So I don't hate it. I'd like to get Hayden Hurst first. But I might actually take a shot on Jared Cook before I took a shot on Rob Gronkowski, to be honest with you. I don't know so much about Mike Gizicki. Um Punches O'Houlihan, Dallas Goddard. Um, yeah, at that, right at that spot, I guess Rob Gronkowski is just fine. Uh, O.J. Howard is actually tight end 25 at 196. And then Cameron Brake comes in here too. Uh, tight end 45 and 417 overall. Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense is actually going right now in front of the New Orleans Saints. They had been trailing for a couple of weeks. It's been flip-flopping like every third week. So, um, so yeah, it's Tampa Bay at 7, then you got New Orleans at 8, and they're actually like one pick right above each other or right next to each other in... Um, the overall standings, so. But there's your NFC South. There's your NFC South coverage. I think I did a lot better than I did last week. Or last Friday, I should say. Because uh, last Friday, I you could tell right on that fucking... You could tell on that podcast I was falling asleep. Just the terrible, terrible hard pauses and shit like that. So, um, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got a lot out of it. Like I said, uh, please uh, like, rate it, give me a review. If there's something you'd like me to discuss um, or get into a little bit more when I'm going through stuff, uh, you're more than welcome to give me any type of criticism on there. I'm not, I'm not, you know, sitting there going, I'm the end all be all on on what's going on. If you have any questions, I'm on all social media f- uh, formats. Uh, Facebook, I don't generally give that one out, um, but it's uh, Dennis M. Roy. Uh, Instagram and Twitter are at RoyDog underscore 13. That's at R-O-Y-D-A-W-G underscore 13. You can DM me on those two formats. You can hit me up on Messenger on Facebook. Um, and like I said, if you care to donate on there, we have the Venmo. I gave that out earlier. I... It, <laughs> I don't care if anybody gives me anything. I honestly don't. I'll do this for fucking free all day. Anybody who knows me, anybody that works with me, I'll do this for fucking free all day. So, but, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's all she wrote for the NFC South. Uh, we're going to move on to the East next week. Uh, we'll be doing the AFC on Tuesday and the NFC on Friday. But until then, have a good weekend.